0: everybody welcome to the talking disney classics podcast and this is a show where we like to talk about the disney canon films and we have been having uh, since we finished going over and reviewing all of the films we've been having content creators on to talk about their rankings and their experience watching the disney canon it's a lot of fun really enjoyed it and uh, and i'm film critic Rachel wagner and stanford's here hi there Yes, and we have a very special guest with us today. Uh, He has been on uh, Rachel's Reviews a couple times talking about animation. He's been on the Criterion Project also uh, with me and Conrado. That was very fun. And uh, we have Cameron Ward on. He runs Cam's Eye View blog and the Renegade Animation podcast. So Cameron, thank you so much for coming on the podcast.
1: Yeah, thank you, Cameron. Thank you. This is very exciting. I love talking about the 60- disney canon films good lordy you just realize (laughs) how many there are when you actually count how like how many there are and then that's not counting the films that like came out and then it's like disney's like oh we don't own those yeah no no they're they're just on disney plus don't
0: don't don't pay
1: attention like the wild. So
0: (laughs) if you haven't been on this show, particular show, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit to our audience? Tell us a little about you.
1: So I run a site called Cam's Eye View. I review animated films and shows from around the world. I call this series the other side of animation because as much as I love like the U.S. animation scene, there is so much more to the world of animation and a lot of cool stuff that Doesn't quite get the attention that it deserves, and I like to shine a light on it. I do talk about like the Disney, the DreamWorks, the Pixar, and what have you, but those are like special occasion kind of stuff, or when a new movie comes out. I also co-host the Renegade Animation Podcast with my co-host Mike, and we just talk about like the new things of animation on a weekly basis, and we also do seasonal anime impressions with... Two other co hosts, Haley and Teresa. And we like to just talk about whatever's out this week or just like, or do something special, like do a Shrek retrospective or something like that when we yeah. can, or do like Halloween based uh, mm-hmm. episodes and what have you. Just really animation. 24
0: 365. <laughs> That's awesome. I think it's kind of similar to what we do with our when we do obscure slash indie animation every month. And we have a, a lot of fun with that kind of. Uh, I think we do that one more just for our own enjoyment. It's I my, know, right?
2: <laughs> it's my
0: chance to introduce Stanford to, to <laughs> all these cool I
1: movies. I will and be we, happy to join at any time yeah, for those. So.
0: We did Tower this uh, month. Yeah, yeah, it was ooh. the first time I'd ever seen it. Oh, so and, uh, good! Wait, wait, so wait. Good. have which you seen one? it, Cameron?
1: Uh, which one is this? The uh, the documentary or the yeah, one the documentary. That- yeah, I have not seen that one yet. It's so good. It's I, really yeah. terrific. I, I yeah. can't wait. I'm still waiting for some kind of release for Princess Dragon. I saw that at Animation First, and it's basically a French Ghibli version of Wolf Walkers. So. Oh, yeah. you, interesting.
0: Were, you were the one that introduced me to animation first and i went last year and it was the best film festival i've ever been to
1: oh it's so good it was good, fantastic so... yeah yeah
0: really good i got to see luca go to a panel and i got to see bell and he and, uh hosada was there and that was it was really it was just so well run yeah it's, yeah oh very good. sorry
1: that's animation is film sorry that's the, that's the festival oh yeah
0: but, yeah yeah that's um
1: but yeah no I try to get on like if they offer a virtual event or something I go mm-hmm. to every I go to every animation focus festival that I can yeah
0: so yeah very cool well we we were talking off air that you haven't done a like straight chronological canon watch but you have watched and ranked all 60 films, correct? Yes. Well, what do you think is valuable? What do you learn from watching the every single film in the canon, however you end up doing it? What do you think is valuable about doing that?
1: Well, if you do like a straight chronological watch, it's a good history lesson to see where animation was like at the very beginning. And then that weird little awkward spot where the animation strike was happening. So that's when they had all those uh, compilation films and like that, Uh, I forgot what it was called, like the bashful or no, the reluctant dragon. And then it's like, okay, we're done with that. So let's go back to what we are doing and then go through that. And then hit the area where after Walt Disney died and the nine old men were essentially left in charge of making the remaining films that they greenlit and just to see how they adapted without Walt Disney and then you hit the 80s where new crop of people and then the darkest moment at that point in history and then the revival of yeah. in 89 and then they hit that low point again in the 2000s where mm-hmm. There's more competition coming out. DreamWorks is there. Pixar is there. Blue Sky was right around the corner. R.I.P. Blue Sky. And Disney just didn't quite know what to do. And then they just stopped making animated films for a little bit. And then they came back. And, well, now they're back on top of things.
0: Yeah. Were you always... A animation fan uh, from the time we you were young? Yeah,
1: like my parents definitely limited what my sister and I could watch. So we essentially had all of the Disney films on VHS tapes and we just watched them over and over and over again. And then we essentially just picked out a lot of our favorites during that time period of what we enjoyed the most. And then like my interest in animation sort of waned like when disney was in that mid-2000s identity crisis era and then it came back once the princess and the frog was announced and it's like oh man they're making a new animated film something that i feel like i haven't seen them do in forever and such yeah Stanford.
0: what about you were you always a huge disney fan even as a kid
2: yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I don't ever remember a time that I wasn't, you know. So by the time I started remembering things, you know, like age four or five, uh, I was immersed in Disney uh, and I, you know, attribute that to my dear parents. I, you know, I'm, I, I'm so grateful <laughs> for them <laughs> that they, you know, just yeah. through books and music and movies, it was, it was, there was lots of Disney and uh, yeah. yeah. And then, and then I think through that, it's just where my love of animation came from. I was, of course, introduced mostly to Disney animation, but um, love watching. You know, uh, I mean, I know this is going to, you know, age me like I need any help, but Saturday morning cartoons were a big deal, you know, mm-hmm. at my house, and and uh, so just lo- lo- love that, and and, and it just continued. But Disney, Disney's still my favorite.
0: Yeah, I mean, we we would watch. The Disney films we had the you know the bubble cases the yeah. uh we would watch and I you know really enjoyed them I, I mean I, I was like the perfect age for the renaissance Uh when uh, The Little Mermaid came out I was eight it was like ideal perfect yeah <laughs> yeah
1: just as you said um, yeah no and- I was around when uh The Lion King uh, yeah, when in theaters, and I remember seeing in theaters and just being like, Whoa, wow. <laughs> and as a yeah. kid, it's like because yeah. I have because I wasn't old enough to see like Bond or any like major action films yet, so I was just like seeing that stampede chase was like the most intense and
0: stressful thing as a kid. <laughs>
2: oh, seriously, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, it was just because you also had it in you know 95, you have the first Toy Story coming out, it was just like such an Great incredible time. from 89 to 95 just such an incredible period for animation that that will never, you know, be topped and we'll we'll talk about uh, some of those and we go over your ranking uh, but uh, but yeah, I I remember kind of starting to lose a little bit of interest uh like right around Mulan I think that was the last one that I really was attached to uh uh-huh. and um and then i i remember vividly i remember we'll talk about emperor's new groove but i remember uh that came out when i was in college and i was uh, <laughs> i was uh, working as a t- teaching assistant for um a professor political philosophy professor and he had us do these sort of oh uh real life experiences where you take these sort of philosophies and apply them to real life situations. And one of those was working with the lost boys of Sudan. And so we got to help them get, uh, get apartments and, and uh, help them find jobs and just different things anyway. And there was this big party on campus and they watched, they had the emperor's new groove playing uh, at the, at this, party in the movie theater and i was like oh this is this llama movie this does not look good but but i went to see it and i took the the boys with me and we all were dying laughing we thought it was so funny <laughs> and so i always remember watching the emperors new grew with the lost boys who are just the best they were so wonderful anyway uh, but yeah, and then the, like the next decade, I it was more Pixar that I would have been more into mm-hmm. than Disney. And uh, until I was super disappointed in Princess and the Frog. And then Tangled came out and won me back, <laughs> back over to Disney. <laughs> I was a fan again. But, uh, but anyway, yeah, so that was kind of my journey. But Let's dive in. Let's talk about your top ten, and then we'll talk some about your bottom. And uh, why don't you tell us your number ten of the Disney canon? Um,
1: mine at number ten is Fantasia. Like yes. as a kid, this is probably one of the films I watched the least amount of because you know I was a kid. I was just like, oh my gosh, what is all this artistry and beautiful music? But instead, I was just like, oh, my gosh, I am so bored. Where is Mickey Mouse? (laughs) I wanted him on screen. What is this horrifying imagery of the devil coming out of the mountain? Or whatever he is. He's the devil, essentially. Um, And then you watch it as you get older. And this always happens. It's just like you watch it and it's like, oh, my goodness, the beautiful music, the animation. This was so experimental and ambitious for the time and unfortunately people weren't really like with it and such so it didn't do well in theaters and a lot of people like to say oh it's a classic yeah it became one when it hit theaters over and over and over again before that stopped being a thing even though i think everyone if they can should see this movie on the biggest screen possible oh i know right and just it's just so different for the time being and you would wonder what happened in, if his in history if this film was a, a success because it's not like fantasias a one and done kind of thing the whole world of animation has tried to do experimental things and sometimes they work and sometimes they don't But sometimes you try to find a film or you do find a film that tries to be like Fantasia. And it just shows how influential Fantasia was as this anthology film that's connected with orchestrated music and these, and pretty much some of the best talent around at that time.
0: Yeah, when you watch Fantasia, it's just overwhelming of how bold it was to do this even back then that uh, i mean then and they were going to have it be like the Fanta sound and they were expecting the the theaters to completely re you know renovate for this particular equipment and everything and uh i i think it would have been so easy for walt to have just made a whole bunch of princess movies snow whites this you know this is a success I'm just gonna pump out a bunch more like that like so often we see today where something will be successful and then we see 500 imitators uh but that's not who he was he he was somebody who always wanted to keep moving forward and uh, and so you know could you pick more different movies to follow snow white than pinocchio and fantasia uh there, I mean, and then even Dumbo and the whole Gold Air is so, each film is so different and unique and bold that I just really admire him for that.
1: You forget how horrifying some of those early Disney films can be? <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> it's like, oh,
2: yeah.
1: It's like, how did I survive
0: this oh, as a kid?
2: <laughs> so scary.
0: <laughs> I remember being very proud of myself, though, about like, going to a uh, re-release a reissue of fantasia i remember vividly going and being because it was like it was kind of like going to the symphony and uh, and yeah. uh, as a you know kid and i especially when i was little i i really wanted to be taken seriously from right. a very very little age i didn't like being treated like i was stupid or a child or <laughs> i wanted to to be uh treated with respect. And, um and so something like that would have been very appealing to me of like proving that I was so grown up and everything. <laughs> 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 but, but yeah, I mean, Stanford, do you remember watching some of those golden era films as a kid? Oh,
2: absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, as, as the camera's like be scared to death, <laughs> like, yeah. uh, I mean, particularly, you know, each one of them has, has scary, or sad parts to him you know yeah. snow white um when she's uh
0: the forest. running
2: away you know after when, when the huntsman said you know sends her away that uh that's so scary pinocchio monster of the whales just scared the crap out of me Excuse when the
0: donkeys i mean
2: oh and then when they oh. and then when the donkeys you know, oh yeah when they, when, that's just
0: i'm like how are they gonna do that in this live action like yeah well that's gonna be horrible that's gonna be
1: horrible that's gonna be way scarier than this and what's even scarier about the original pinocchio is the whole fact that you never see those kids again yeah <laughs> oh yeah there's, there's no, no happy ending for those any kids no (laughs) bad people sometimes get away with horrific things so oh
0: they need a lot of donkeys for those salt
1: mines (laughs) what do you mean i have to learn this as a kid
2: (laughs) and you know nine on bald mountains absolutely horrified me you know as a kid in fantasia and i gotta tell you i remember being as a kid i can't remember how old i was the first time i saw dumbo but I was so sad during that baby mind scene. It was just so oh, yeah. tragic, you know. I mean, a different kind of sad than some of these other films. Oh yeah, well, that, then, that's of one. Course. That's
1: that's one of those like try not to cry challenges. <laughs> <It's just> like, <laughs> right, and it's just like, no, I, I'm a, I'm an adult. I don't could. Oh my god,
2: I know. <laughs> it's so sad, and of course, you know, Bambi's mother getting shot is the most. That's like the rite of passage you know or at least it was as far as yeah you know having to deal with something really hard on the on the on the movie screen yeah.
1: so many deaths and bambi you forget how many there actually are and just how adult <laughs> it gets or just like yeah. how dark it gets how yeah. like the animals are like afraid and then it's just like one goes out flying and then you hear a gunshot off screen it's like oh ugh. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah
2: man it's in the forest
1: but yeah fantasia just fantastic just he's it's one of those things that if you want to get an animation watch this one so
0: yeah well so you have so what do you have for your number nine
1: i have sleeping beauty this is one of my mom's personal favorite films mm-hmm. and i remember i watched this one a lot because this one had like fantasy and like this guy fighting a dragon and such and there were like it's this film has an interesting history. It was like one of the most ambitious films that Disney ever did, and then it bombed in theaters. And then uh I think so. I think one of the head, like nine old men, took the blame and or to fall for it, it failing. But I might be mixing that up with with well, another film. Well, it took film. nine
0: years to make. I think.
1: Yeah it it took a while because the the animation for this one is just gorgeous. Probably oh, it's still stunning. Like even with like prop like more high definition 2D animation now, it's this whole like fantasy art style, like inspiration is so distinct and unique looking. And then of course there are the three fairy godmothers who are the best characters of the movie. I mean, outside of Maleficent and such, because no. you spend a lot more time with the fairy godmothers, maybe to the to the detriment of the
0: princess and the prince but well, it's hard because the princess is asleep for a lot of the movie so it's like she literally couldn't be in those parts <laughs> but i do love her song and i think that it is beautiful brian yeah. song
1: and i do and this movie can also be like wickedly funny when it need, needs mm-hmm. to be yeah. i still get a huge kick out of one of the fairy godmother's um then like okay fold two eggs into the into the dough yeah and it's like don't don't crack doesn't crack them open just folds them into the dough you hear that or like when she makes the cake and then tries to prop it up at the broom and the candles start sliding down and she's having to constantly put them back on and then of course what? the iconic make it pink make it blue make yeah. it green
0: yeah are you team blue or pink
1: i like blue <laughs> <laughs> i know that's like i'm a I'm a guy, so yeah, like blue. blue. I'm team blue. <laughs> I mean, pink is great and all, but um, <laughs> then of course, we have probably Disney's most like intimidating and scary villain with Maleficent, just how she arrives in the castle. And then, I mean, yes, you could joke about how petty her uh plan is. It's just like, oh, you didn't invite me to a party Well, I'm gonna put a curse on your daughter.
0: Yeah, I love that about it. And I that whole scene with her and Philip. And she's like, so much for true love. Oh, so that's a great <laughs> well, scene. Well,
1: the, drag, the dragon transformation. Oh, wow. Oh. And <laughs> yeah, I forgot that she had little goblin henchmen and such. Yeah, and then, her
2: minions are so cool, you know, yeah. I think.
1: And I also, and while the prince isn't the most interesting character, I do like the scene where he's running through the forest with on his horse and, he, and he's like, I'll he's give you extra butt. carrots. And then he he's falls good. off. The horse goes like, "Oh, whoops!" Yeah. And then goes back. No, no carrots. carrots. <laughs> <laughs> I like Philip.
0: Actually, I like Philip. No, but yeah, he's one of the better ones. Yeah. Uh. So Stanford and I both have this in our top ten. Yeah,
2: I, love, I have it at seven. I, I have it at seven too. It's yeah. it's it's just a fantastic film. I think the artistry just can't be beat, and just. I saw it on the on a on the big screen at a Turner Classic Movie Classic Film Festival a few years back, and it was just it was so fantastic. Just because I mean I love it just watching it on TV, you know, but just to be able to see just the spectacular art. I think it has like the finest backgrounds of any you know Disney film.
1: I think like I had this thought in my head when I was rewatching it last night that if you like. If you took out the dialogue, the visual language of the movie is so clear and fluid. Yeah, yeah. You could tell exactly what's going on. What's happening? Like even with like the funny joke of like the henchman being like, "Oh yeah, we looked all over the place in every cradle." And then Maleficent just had that like, <laughs> oh, my brain had, a, had an aneurysm for a moment. It's like,
0: <laughs> oh, they've been looking for kids. I do. They, this is from that era where Disney loved having drunk people in their movies. And oh, God. the <laughs> The, the fish the the scump song goes on a little long i think well they spend a lot of time oh. on the side
1: characters yeah, this really time did. around this is like, true
2: they did yeah like the,
1: like the kings get the a kings. lot of time together and yeah even, and they're fun and such but yeah it just seems like that came at the cost of philip and uh what's the uh, uh aurora is that aurora. Her name? yeah aurora oh. yeah. because well, there's not much to her but still i but I love this movie on like a visual and emotional level of just like Mm -hmm. it clicks with me so many, so much.
0: So what is your number eight?
1: Number eight is Lilo and Stitch. This was the last Disney film I watched in theaters for a really long time. This was like, I watched it when it was new. And of course it had Chris Sanders who uh, would go on to direct stuff like how to train your dragon. And this was like during a time when Disney was having that tiny bit of an identity crisis. They weren't quite sure what kind of movies they wanted to make. Cause I think this was after Atlantis, the lost empire and that bombed and just died of uh, like from critics and such. So here comes this smaller scale, more intimate character driven story. And it just really resonated with me. And of course, like the drama with Lilo and her sister and like the adults in their lives. Like it was very nuanced for a Disney film for back then. And it was really impressive to see them do that. Not to say that there weren't any funny moments. There are like so many hilarious moments. I still quote uh, one of the aliens going, educate yourself or, uh, every time like uh, Lilo puts Stitch's hand on a record and then opens the mouth and the Elvis music comes out and it's a very just genuinely sweet movie and one that I kind of wish Disney like back like jumped off of during that mm-hmm. time period. Because I think if they had more films like Lilo and Stitch, they wouldn't have had to shut down their animation studio a few years later.
0: Well, and I love the whole theme of Ohana means yeah. family. That's really, that one's a tearjerker, man. Oh, so good. <laughs> I, I even the like water. that. Oh, go ahead, please. Sorry.
1: It's uh, uh, so not, it's okay. I even like the agent who's just like, he's not happy about like, does it like do you, doing his job with the situation between Lilo and her sister? Like you could tell, there's like regret, like remote, like he's not yeah, like, yeah, fully there for it. He's not a villain. No. No. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I really admire the watercolor backgrounds that were used in Lilo and Stitch. You know, watercolors, watercolor backgrounds, like the, the last time that Disney had used them was in Bambi. And uh, I think they're really effective in setting just the mood you know the mood of the film there in hawaii and even in the outer space they look cool (laughs) i think the watercolor backgrounds Yeah. yeah
0: so what is your number seven
1: uh my number seven is the lion king i saw it in theaters it's one of those films i watched so many times as a kid just so many times i'm shocked that my sister and i didn't wear out the vhs tape for it and yeah, I mean, like, maybe it's a little typical to have Lion King in your top 10. I was like the right age when came out. And I like the story. Yes, it is Hamlet with animals, but just the grand scale of the visuals and the music, just be prepared. Who doesn't find themselves singing that song every other time? Or just the message of the past can hurt, And you can either run from it or learn from it. Yeah. Is so good, which is why I was so mad when the live action remake took out that lesson. I was just like, no, you took out the entire point of the movie.
0: I know, (laughs) I was mad at that too. And I I just love when he he calls out to his dad, and you promised you'd always be there. And that he has to be willing to forgive his father and and that the hakuna Hakuna matata is actually not true that that is not the the way to live your life and yeah i i love it i mean the only like i guess flaw i would have with lion king is i just don't love how they do um can you feel the love tonight with the whole um i can tell what's happening but they don't have a clue
1: right (laughs) right i don't love
0: that (laughs) i wish they had kept it more serious and not and make a joke out of it
1: it's one of those films that i felt like had a more like cohesive like way of handling its side characters and its main characters it seems like it gave everyone pretty much a good amount of screen time i still love when scar and uh what's the bird's name that's bazoo bazoo is like when like bazoo's behind a literal rib cage and he does that part where he's like, it's a small world after all. <laughs> yeah. Star's like, no, no. Anything but that. i got but a that. lovely bunch of coconuts. <laughs> they do <laughs> I love, I know I like Star. I know he kind of loses interest, like interest personality wise, like as the film goes on. But, and he, maybe it was just like, oh gee willikers, I wonder who the villain is. But Jeremy Irons does such a good oh, yeah. job as a character. No, I know, it's and, so good he's still so threatening and just the fact that he's like okay yeah the kid's going away kill him and it's like whoa okay (laughs) like as a kid that's traumatizing it's like oh an adult is willing to let a kid die yeesh
0: (laughs) what's your sanford what's your favorite parts of the lion king
2: you know there's so much i like about the lion king i think my favorite part is when mufasa appears to simba you know up in the stars again just Uh, as you're saying rachel that part where you know so good uh, and then uh i really the opening sequence i mm-hmm. could just watch on repeat <laughs> you know, yeah. the circle oh, yeah. of life i think is is so stunning and and i just get used from every time i see it i, I love it, I, I, I love it so much
0: did you go to the Lion king panel at the last d23 where they had no. the lady who sang that
2: no, I don't. Oh, I did. So you told me how good it oh. was. Yeah, <laughs>
0: I don't think I did. My heart. It was shame so on me.
2: Good. I bet it was amazing. Yeah,
1: I bet it was. If any
0: of you are listening, that is the cream of D twenty three. Is the concerts, the big hall. You could, I could honestly do without. It's the concert experiences. Like they had, they had um, uh, Little Mermaid. They had Tarzan this last time. They Ooh. had, and those are unbelievable.
2: I went and, to the Tarzan one and it was so good.
0: And those are the ones you can usually get into. No problem. Yeah. Cause they're in the stadium Yeah. and uh, it, which is like bigger than the, or at least it feels bigger than the big hall. <laughs> right. Right anyway no what's uh,
1: what's also interesting in a ho- historical context with the lion king is that it was the B project yeah it, i know is that just something uh, <laughs> everybody is... wanted to work on pocahontas and, i know uh, and it's like if you don't do what i say you're gonna go work on that lion king movie <laughs> and it and then it's just like oh lion king became the biggest animated film of all time of all time and pocahontas yeah. Well, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, we'll talk about Fuck Honest later. (laughs) Well, so Cameron, what is your number six? Number six is another childhood favorite of mine because it's one I rewatched a ton, uh, Aladdin. And from Ron Musker and John Clements, did I get their names right? Or Musker and Clements, anyway, those two. And I love this one because it did definitely feel like the one that was trying to get at a newer audience in a way that I don't think they ever prepared for because of the whole Robin Williams as genie, even with the rough history about how that worked out and such. Um, but I love the colors, I loved the music. Like there's just so many good songs. I mean, this was definitely during the time where Disney was just putting out banger after banger after banger of hit songs and of course i found myself singing a lot of the ones from aladdin or like you get never had a friend like me and then of course the genie it's hard to to know what aladdin would have been like without the genie just yeah could- and evidently they
0: just like let him go they were yeah. they were just like here's the microphone just go and he just, just ad-libbed all of it yeah,
1: tons of it. Yeah, they just let them ad lib and then they just animated the best parts. And mm. there are some animation tests that you can find online mm-hmm. that are just delightful to look at. And of course, Eric Goldberg was the animator behind oh, him. Yeah. And Brilliant. he is just the king of really good character animation. And I liked Aladdin and Jasmine. I like their chemistry. And of course, uh, Jafar is probably one of the sassiest villains I've seen. Like, I love when Prince Ali finally arrives and then the Sultan is like, oh, look, Jafar, we got a new candidate for Princess Jasmine. It's he's just like, delightful, just (laughs) like, great, good. Yeah. I do
0: wish they had been able to give Jafar a song. He has the reprise, but I think that would have been fun. That was interesting
1: because he was one of the few villains until that direct video film came out who mm-hmm. did not have a villain song. Yeah. And that, and I didn't really notice that until I re-watched it. And it was just interesting. It's a film that sometimes maybe shows its age of in the 90s and such, but it still feels so timeless and entertaining. And of course, that's when everyone was just like, oh my gosh, Iago is hilarious as the villain's secondhand. And such so is like, I'm molting. Like,
0: <laughs> and I just saw the musical on Broadway. Yeah, was right. And it was really good. And I'm mixed on these Disney Broadway musicals. Uh, right. Like some of them I don't really like, but I think this one benefited from the fact that it had original leftover songs, from mm-hmm. uh, you know, from uh, Ashman and and Rice, and um, it, like they have part uh, "Proud of Your Boy," uh, which is an Ashman song. Uh, and, uh, so, cause a lot of times this, is the new songs that are like, eh, yeah. <laughs> not, not that great, yeah. um, but, uh, but anyway, it was, it was fantastic. And, uh, where do you have this really high, right? Stanford.
2: I do. I have it at number six too. Just saying, yeah. yeah, same as Cameron. Yeah.
0: Very nice. I have it at 16, but I do really enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, so. I, lo- I
2: love it for all the reasons Cameron <laughs> said. I love yeah.
0: it. So what is your number five?
1: Number five is one that I don't know if it still has its Like fan favorite or underrated label under it, but it's the Great Mouse Detective. I know a lot of people love to say that it was the Little Mermaid that got things started, and then there's that whole debate of like what got Disney revitalized. Was it the Little Mermaid? Was it Who Framed Roger Rabbit? I think it was the Great Mouse Detective because it it just seemed like they like the Black Cauldron didn't work, so they went back to the drawing board and made this fun action adventure. Mystery film. I mean, granted, the mystery wasn't that deep. Who, like, who was the villain? Oh, it's the one villain that they mentioned, and then no one else. But anyway, I loved it. was just very different for the time. No prince and princesses or anything. It opens up with one of the scarier ways to open up yeah. an animated film with kidnapping.
2: <laughs> and, yeah, yeah.
1: And I remember being like, I was terrified of that scene as a kid. And then um, Basil was a very different lead character from what I was watching at the time. Very smart. He was confident, a little too cocky for his own good. But I loved his dynamic between him and Professor Ratigan, And it, like I love that scene where the lightning strikes and then Ratigan's picture frame changes to when he's smiling and such. And of course... The always great late Vincent Price as Radigan. just delightfully and just joyfully evil. And I love the fact that he has a villain song and that everyone has to learn it or else you get eaten by the cat. <laughs> and then like while, while they're trying to mourn for the fact that they just lost an ally in the fight he like walks up to back to his throne and then he pulls out the bell and then everyone starts singing again because it's just like yeah and then he just
0: shoots the drunk
1: (laughs) oh yeah he does it's so (laughs) (laughs) it's it's an intense film which i really like and it and then it's like one of the first films to use cgi elements with the clock tower and such and it was just a really cool adventure film and one that i wish disney did more of back then because it seems like they had like their princess movies their other films and then every once in a while they would have like an action adventure film like a robin hood or like peter pan
0: well it's and... really funny because they did all those direct to dvd sequels when the great mouse detective would have been actually like appropriate for sequels you oh, have what it, the cases it makes
1: right. that was a weird time they would choose the most like this doesn't need a sequel to make a sequel to and then it's <laughs> yeah. like Alice in Wonderland
0: like nope. why did we get a midquel to Fox and the Hound but we well, we can't get another adventure or Basil oh <laughs> I
2: just roll my eyes you know I feel about <laughs> the cheap goals i just hate them so much (laughs) but don't
0: you agree that like it would actually make sense
1: exactly like even like this really cool anime series that i love uh called sherlock hound which was direct like early on directed by yeah miyazaki um had like that issue of just like it was always moriarty 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 And it's just like, there are other villains in Sherlock's villain catalog. So it was really amazing that The Great Mouse Detective didn't get a sequel. We almost got a sequel to The Aristocats before we would ever get A Great Mouse Detective 2. I just (laughs) shudder.
0: Well, what is your number four?
1: Number four is one we've already kind of mentioned offhandedly with The Emperor's New Groove probably one of the most unique Disney films ever. It was the first time they did a big, grand-scale comedy. Granted, that big, grand-scale comedy came from the fact that they were stuck in production hell, <laughs> but the fact that this was the end result and it still came out to be like one of the funniest movies of all time and probably one of the most rewatchable Disney films of all time is amazing. It is so funny. Probably has the best, like, consistent joke, like rapid fire of jokes, out of any of Disney's animation catalog.
0: Yeah, it it has my single favorite joke in all of in all of Disney films. When <laughs> when, when they pull the wrong lever,
1: pull <laughs> the lever, crawl <laughs> <Wrong laughs> the lever.
0: Why do we even have that? Lever?
1: <laughs> and, well, it has some I of love the
2: most it. I do too. I love it, it has
1: some of the most memorable jokes and characters with like crunk, with his two with his shoulder angel and devil. And yeah, the devil's just really like good. look at that over there. Don't listen to him. He's trying to lead you <laughs> towards a path of righteousness. Well, I'm and that to- whole
0: scene when they're at the diner oh and they people going in and out in and out in and out and he's trying to get everyone's order and he's everything the
2: short order cook
0: <laughs> yeah that is so good that is just
1: comedy uh, and, it, and it has such a good cast for something like this oh, david, I know, right? like, with david spade in his best role like in, mm-hmm. in anything john yeah. goodman eartha kid patrick warburton steals every scene he's in yeah and Wendy Malik is there also as John Goodman yeah, character's wife. I love but her.
2: She's so good. Yeah. I
1: still find myself referencing and saying the shoulder devil and angels bit where it's like, don't go, like, don't listen to him. He's leading you down a path, path of righteousness. I'm going to lead you down a path that rocks. <laughs> and then it's like, look at him. He's wearing a dress, it's a toga. Yeah, but two, watch, I can do this. And he does a handstand. And <laughs> Kronks is like uh, I don't know what this does no 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 he has a point (laughs) like I wish Disney did more of this during the 2000s like just experiment Uh, a little more or go. like I think the problem was a lot of those films during that time had a commitment problem they wanted they still had to be Disney films but they wanted to have like the big grand scale like slightly for older teens or something adult like adventure film with like Atlantis and then there's the more personal, intimate story of Treasure Planet, but then like the jokes just kind of sully it for me.
0: Yeah, so much back. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, like, I like those movies
1: fine. Mm-hmm. It's just like, it's just like, I think like out of their 2000s era, I think The Emperor's New Groove and Lilo and Stitch are their best movies. Well, what is your number three? Uh, number three is their 2010 film, Tangled. Oh. This was one where I was like, when I got Disney Plus, I haven't seen. I didn't see a lot of the earlier two- 2010 Disney films at this point in time, so I was like, you know what, I'm gonna go through them chronologically. I saw, uh, well, what was it? Uh, Princess and the Frog. It's time to watch Tangled, and this one also had like an interesting development history with uh, Glenn Keen was originally supposed to direct it, and he had to drop out because of health issues i think it was a heart attack or something and then but he was also like very adamant about the making this uh cgi film to be as like cartoony as it can be and of course at the time the animators were like we can't put 2d elements on cgi models and he just kind of stared at them with like death in his eyes saying like oh i'll show you that you can <laughs> and they basically That's what always kind of happens with animation innovation. If they don't have the tool, Disney has enough money to make a new tool so they can do it. And it was like the first time we saw Disney actually do well with CGI because their CGI films, maybe outside of Bolt, were not great. Or they had good moments, but overall execution was poor. This was the first time we saw Disney do a full-on CGI princess film. But one with a more modern flair to it, just in the dialogue, the character dynamics. Uh, Rapunzel is still probably one of my favorite Disney princesses or just characters in general. Like, I love when she finally escapes the castle and she has that like back and forth of like an existent- existential crisis. It's just like, Oh my God! Maybe I should go up there. I am never going back there. I'm a terrible
0: daughter. <laughs> yeah, a terrible daughter. Woo! <laughs> best day
2: ever. Yeah. Day ever. This is the worst yeah. day
1: ever. I can't believe I did this.
0: <laughs> I also have tangled at three, so we're the same. And I, as I said, I was personally very disappointed with Princess and the Frog, and so, mm-hmm. uh, they I was kind of cynical because the ad campaign wasn't great for this, as I recall. Uh-huh and uh so i was like oh but i took my (laughs) younger siblings and i just loved it so much and i've said for a long time that i feel like tangled is their first true romantic comedy because they mount because flynn is basically a co-lead right and aside from aladdin that's the only other one where you really have that true kind of equal dynamic because Aladdin's the lead character yeah, yeah. Um, but the banter it feels like a romantic comedy the banter between them two and I i love obviously I love romantic comedies, so that's going to be a big win and and uh, it's just so charming and I love Lady Gothel she's so hilarious and great and despicable and I miss real villains it's the last one that we've gotten uh, from Disney was Mother Gothel and I don't know, so I, I absolutely agree with you. I, well, I love it.
1: it. It's a very dark movie once you kind of pull off the mm-hmm. curtain, and it's just like how, like abandonment, abuse, and ga- a lot of gaslighting. Good lordy, there's a lot of yeah. gaslighting in this. And then it's all about just like not judging people on their cover, like like face value. And you got that, especially with the whole sequence of them going into the bar and all the bandits are there. And then they have that great sequence. It's like, don't you ever have a dream? And it looks like they're about to get gutted. And then the hook hand thug, who's voiced by Brad Garrett, it's like, I had a dream. (laughs) And that's a whole. I like like your dream. I love that whole sequence. That's
2: a great sequence, yeah.
1: And it's just a like even by now, like was it like twelve years ago? Now, good lord, twelve years ago. Now, by now, when this film was released it still looks amazing. And I think that's because they made a very stylish CGI look to the characters. Not that like the other films look bad compared to this one, but there's just something that this film was able to capture that the some of the other ones haven't yet. Or they have now, but still like.
0: Tamra, you have this pretty high as well. Yeah, it's
2: in my top 10. I love Tangled. And just like Camera was saying, I just feel like finally, it's, it's the film that Disney figured out how really how to use CGI. Make it, you know, make a Disney fairy tale, and it was just great. Every, you know, for all the reasons that you that you talked about.
1: Yeah. Oh, I, and I shout it. and shout out to the best horse in Disney animation, and just in <laughs> animation in general. Just so much Max personality <laughs> put into him. And I've always kind of heard mm-hmm. that horses are just a pain to animate. So. I'm sure it's like okay if we're going to animate a horse <laughs> we're not going to make him a real horse this guy's going to be like the most silly horse that we can think of ah
2: uh, it's such a great character yeah yeah
1: and then with you with the timeless look it
2: it really does look good doesn't it still it's beautiful it's just be a beautiful film
1: yeah. and
0: like the scene with the lanterns oh oh
1: stunning or like when the. King is mourning the fact that they still haven't seen their daughter in forever, and then the mom comes up, puts his hand on his face, and just the great little bit of visual storytelling. Mm-hmm. Just you get all of that, and it's such detailed animation.
0: Just oh, just I'll never forgive it. the Academy for not nominating it. <laughs> yeah. This wasn't nominated, no, oh it was one they goodness. only had three slots, and they gave it to the illusionist, and uh, and uh, I can't remember. Toy Story 3? Yes. Yeah, this was two, 2010. And h- so... How to Train Your Dragon. Uh, but... Oh, boo. <laughs> I mean, I love all those movies. It's
1: just, I'm so shocked that Tangled got...
2: Yeah, Tangled deserved I the least
1: the nomination.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, what is your number two?
1: This one might be more recent-see bias, because it's like, I just love this one still. Uh, Encanto.
0: Yeah.
1: I... Well, I feel like that Spongebob meme that gets passed around because of like Turning Red and Encanto because it's just like yeah I love Disney movies and animated films that talk about generational familial trauma and (laughs) and I mean that's why I kind of like it actually because it is like this typical Disney musical kind of film but it's extremely more adult than you would think it is at first just how there's not a real traditional villain and they could have easily made like Bruno the villain or the good looking guy that was trying to get set up with uh,
0: well, one of the Well, they almost sisters. make the Abuela the villain.
1: Yeah, and it's they just like- They go pretty
0: dark with her.
1: Yeah, no, and that's like the reason why this film works and why mm-hmm. it resonates with so many people is because of how the story is executed and how the grandmother thinks like you're- you are defined by your talent and if you have no talent then you are worthless and it's just like well thanks grandma geez and of course the music by lin-manuel miranda is great and has so many good lines of course everyone loves we don't talk about bruno and then of course surface pressure has that great line of like you ever think hercules is like yo i don't want to fight cerberus and just all like the different body types and the like the fact that the whole family gets like a bit more screen time than other animated films in general like that that's always kind of a thing it's always like it's the mom or the and the daughter or the father and the son or the mom and the son or the brother sister or two brothers and uh, everyone else gets sidelined but everyone has a role to play within the film and it's also just nice to see like more positive relationships, like ones that aren't toxic or just toxic for the sake of laughs and such. It's just such a complex film. And it's also just gorgeous, of course. Disney is throwing the money in to make sure that these films look amazing. And it's just a really, really good film that's Mm -hmm. maybe bogged down by a few execution bits in the story but otherwise like I will always cry like cry or like well like swell up when I see that scene where uh Mirabelle sees the uh makeshift dinner plate like plate on the table for Bruno and Bruno's just like you know that I might be flawed but you know they're my only family and I love them and it's just like John Liguizamo, are you like giving your best career performance right now yeah, because it sounds like you are <laughs> and I love yeah. it but it's just like
0: yeah and Dolores she knows about Bruno the whole time you can I think that's the one that can hear right yeah yeah. That. yeah yeah anyway and her like her uh just you can like once you know that he's behind there you watch that character and you can see her kind of looking she knows the yeah. whole time but yeah we this is kind of fun because this is one that stanford and i saw together
2: yeah we got to see together oh awesome which was yeah. great yeah <laughs> it
0: was so good and uh i always be proud of myself that i called
2: rachel we called don't talk up.
0: about bruno I, where... i'm a
2: witness <laughs>
0: <laughs> we're exiting the theater like that song is so good it's got such a good hook it's a beat and uh
1: <laughs> yep no, I, downlo- I downloaded the soundtrack right after I left the theater. I was like, okay, oh, getting, those, so getting that soundtrack on my phone. So yeah. Good.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I was pretty pumped because I had seen the first 15 minutes at Animation's Film.
1: Oh, so man, that, that must have been so cool. It was so that. cool.
0: Yeah. So cool.
1: No, I remember when I went in 2019, I saw the first 15 minutes of Klaus and it was great. Oh, oh wow. Man. Cool. Yeah, that's yeah. so
0: cool. <laughs> Yeah, I love that movie. Well, it's kind of fun because your number one is the same as Stanford. (laughs) And my number one, it's a group party. It is. Uh,
1: Is it Home on a Range? No, No, (laughs) my number number one is Beauty and the Beast. And even though I just love stuff like Tangled and Encanto, Beauty and the Beast to me is like, when I think about a Disney animated film, It's Beauty and the Beast. It's just like what I think about with characters and the villains and the music and the atmosphere, the animation. It just has so many moments that you love as a kid, but you love as an adult when you just notice them, just the tone and just how complex the story is. And it just makes it all the more maddening that that live action remake made a billion dollars and it's just like just watch the original movie it's the best disney film of all time (laughs) yeah yeah agreed and and then of course it's just like it's like the music is just all just hits and the dynamic of just like how humans are the actual monsters and how the film really doesn't have a very positive viewpoint on the uh townsfolk and such like the the film is just like yeah these town folks kind of suck but they're <laughs> and, also
0: she's also kind of snotty to them
1: yeah <laughs> you know, i mean yeah like granted i get the it poor
0: provincial town
1: <laughs> but i but i also do love like the scene with Gaston. it's just like oh yeah it's like what do you mean you read and he just opens the book sideways and <laughs> such like
0: they're getting ideas thinking <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's why i was like when they were thinking of doing a whole series on Gaston, a prequel i'm like what on earth why would anybody want to watch a series about a man who thinks that women shouldn't read and have ideas oh that was such a bad idea
2: such a misguided thing i'm so glad it got canceled i hope it's canceled forever
1: no i i mean like i liked josh gadd as lefou but it's like that nothing beats Beauty and the Beast. It's the one Disney film that I will always cherish the most out of any other film, and I just love it. And then the, like I said, the music is so good. I love Be Our Guest, Be Our Guest, and then, of course, the amazing ballroom sequence is still one of the best moments in any movie, so.
0: Well... (sighs) We are running out of time, but let's, no, no, it's, it's, it's not your fault. It's great. Um, Let's just do your bottom five. Okay. um, For, uh, for this. So why don't you tell us your 56 in the ranking?
1: All right. So, so you want me to start at 56? Yes. Okay. Uh, 56 is brother bear. Yeah. It's because this one kind of hits me in a weird kind of annoyed way it has an amazing opening sequence and then you have to trudge through so much of disney's nonsense in the middle and then the ending is really good and i can understand it like i agree with people that it's like the beginning and the end make up for the kind of flimsy bloated middle half like middle part of the film but I just didn't like the characters that much. I didn't like the little bear cub and the music by Phil Collins while amazing in Tarzan just wasn't as good here because the only song I ever remember is that one's like now I'm on my way but it also felt more intrusive than what people say about Tarzan's music from him and the, the animation is great I just didn't like a majority of the story
0: arguments for me <laughs> I, have it, really same, I have it the same
1: i have the same place camera and i have it at 56 i
0: i have hate, it at 57 <laughs> i hate this
2: movie so much i just hate it yeah uh, and,
0: it's
1: a, and it's a shame because i i remember reading that like joaquin phoenix was super excited to be in a disney movie and then it turns out to be this one and it's like oh i know right <laughs> yeah
0: so what uh, is your uh 57
1: uh the first the rescuers
0: This was, of course, during Disney's
1: quote-unquote dark age, and I just can't remember a more boring film during that 70s time period. Like, even The Aristocats is at number 54 for me, because I at least remember more of The Aristocats than The Rescuers. And the movie just looks so cheap. Like, even without the amazing animation that's still done by, I think, like, Milt Call is still like there with, and he animated the villain of the film but there was so much rehashing of the animation from the set like from previous films like way more than usual
0: and also and the, you can see a white border around all of the characters oh yeah you it can just yeah it looks really cheap i so stanford you should be <laughs> i have we found somebody who likes the rescuer's less than me because i have it at 54.
2: <laughs> see and i love the rescuers. <laughs> i'm like the only person probably right that loves it's in my top 10.
1: like i like that i like the main characters fine and the villains are fine but if i i'd rank them pretty low in like iconic <laughs> disney villains and i remember this film went through so much production trouble that it's just like so it's it feels kind of hodgepodge together at points
0: it also there's a lot of parts that feel kind of 101 Dalmatians light. Oh, yeah. oh and it, I just because the thing about 101 Dalmatians is they use Cruella just enough, yeah, to, to be effective. Because really the the puppies are with Jasper and Horace for most of the movie, not with Cruella. Right. And here, just Medusa is so much. <laughs> it's just I'm so weary of her by the end, and she's so mean to Penny, and Penny is so
1: she's written as like what people treacle. think of with disney kids like yeah. disney char- uh, kid characters just the worst kind just a little too cute I even struggle. though i'm always like but... oh there's no reason to be too adorable okay now there is
0: <laughs> but stanford loves it he loves yeah, this movie. I
2: mean, you know, I, I, it's not so much that I can even argue with you. You know, it's, I it's feel bad
0: of... that we, we, we lost.
2: <laughs> <know laughs> oh, you're fine. I, you know, I'm you're, so I'm sorry. One the of
0: these days, we're gonna have someone on who loves, who loves the rankings.
2: Yeah. No. I. I you know. I, I. can't I can't argue with you. It's just. It's a sentimental favorite, and I. I think that for me, the the emotion and, and, and the animation all all work for me but I understand that it's not,
1: you know, it doesn't work for everybody.
0: All right. Well, Cameron, what is your number 58?
1: Oh, the, number 58 is fun and fancy free. I do not like the, the, the connecting plot thread of the two shorts. This weird, unusual man with all these creepy ventriloquist dolls. And mm-hmm. then it's like the shorts themselves. I mean, outside of the Jack and the Beanstalk one, you could have just released a Jack and the Beanstalk one on its own. Yeah. And like, I don't know why this film exists. It's so you Say it with boring. a slap.
0: Like, what?
1: Oh yeah. yeah. Na 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 na. <laughs> if you love somebody, say slap. it
0: with a slap.
1: <laughs> it's like, no, that's a terrible
0: lesson. What on <laughs> earth are you talking about? I think and it's I don- the worst Disney song. Oh, it is. That and uh the um guy like you. Oh. yeah oh Patrick. yeah absolutely those are the two worst disney songs so and bad. it's like even the jack and the
1: beanstalk one isn't the best is like mickey donald mm-hmm. and goofy short the only thing that makes it memorable is the giant and well also the-
0: i i do love donald losing it oh hardcore. yeah
1: so dark <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah that's good but uh, but yeah and the thing that surprised me is that edgar bergen is not even a good ventriloquist like no. I, I, I you'd heard about charlie mccarthy i'd heard about and he, you can totally see his mouth moving the whole time and well it's just like the fact I'm that like, I thought are, he was good
1: the fact there are little kids there with him just makes me think of that one ren and Stimpy line where it's just is going like call the police <laughs> <laughs>
0: <sighs> uh, yeah. oh
1: gosh well
0: what do you have at 59
1: 59 might not be a big shock but it's home on the range yeah
0: it's
1: I, my 60 it's, it's my 58 a, <laughs> it's just a sad movie in a lot of ways Horrible. just the last one and then you see those videos of just like the disney animators leaving just like being extremely sad that this was the last thing that they were working on until a few years later and i get that they were trying to be like the old disney films Of back in the day, but outside of like having a few people who are now just kind of like yikes outside of the film, like Roseanne and such, it's not a very interesting movie. And like Cuba Gooding Jr. is so annoying as the horse in this one. And like the one part I did kind of like was when Patrick Warburton had a small cameo
0: and such. And then I was just like, Patrick Warburton, yeah, no, no, where are you going? yeah i mean you know what's bad when it starts out with the they're real yeah oh
1: gosh that that line that (sighs) it's like
0: it it was them trying
1: to be like okay this is our last film let's try something and it's like the animation is good it's just not a well-told story or it's like it's not the kind of film that disney needed to get out of that rut because this was right after brother bear and that film just did not do well in theaters and this one did not do well either this was a around the same time when like spirit to the way came out so it was like oh yeah i don't want to see this disney film anymore i want to see like what spirit to the way is but, but I, and these, I also isn't like, it's
0: the same right around the same time as like wally and up and things like that
1: yeah it was it this was a few years before uh wally and *Up*. 2004
0: wasn't that oh, yeah. right around that was um incredible right yeah that was around
1: that that was when Incredibles came out that's when like Shrek 2 came out and Mm. far better yeah just far better movies and even though I love Jennifer Tilly as one of the cows who doesn't who can't quite accept the fact that she's a bad singer (laughs) and that she's the only one who can uh not hear like she's not tied or she resists the yodeling
2: yeah, she doesn't and, fall prey to the yodeling. Hypnotism. And I,
1: I mean, I do love that joke of like one of the uh, henchmen to the villain has just been his head has just been blocking that one piece of the map the whole time because it's the same shape as his head. And it's like you've been telling me that your your head has been blocking that one piece of land this entire time.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that year two thousand four, the Barbie Princess and the Princess and the Pauper came out is way better. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, when, when it's a Barbie, a- <laughs> when a Barbie
0: movie is better Back than to a DVD? full-fledged
1: D- Disney movie, then that, you, you know, you messed yeah, up.
0: Exactly, <laughs> It's the best Barbie movie, but it's actually, it's way better, but, right, it, right. but anyway, yeah, it's, it's, it's really bad. So what is your bottom, your 60?
1: Well, this one like represents like everything that Disney was just doing so badly at the time. My number 60 is Chicken Little. I just do not like this movie at all. It was like, first of all, it ruined the career of Mark Dindall who directed yeah. The Emperor's New Groove. Yeah. This feels like everything that was wrong with Disney at the time. They wanted to be like Shrek and DreamWorks. So they put in a bunch of pop culture references. This movie was studio noted to death and it shows on screen at all yeah. times. The yeah. characters are annoying. There are very few jokes that actually work. I think the funniest consistent gag is the turkey mayor, and but even then, there's like a much better movie movie that could have been made with this. But and apparently, like yeah. the earlier drafts of the film were a little more interesting. But then the higher ups were just like, "No, you gotta make it like Shrek because Shrek makes money right now," and and it's also just way too mean. Like, it doesn't do the mean-spirited nature of a story at all well. And then it's like, oh, yeah, the bully got lobotomized. And it's like, oh, my
0: God. (laughs) Well, and Buck is so mean. He's the worst. Oh. I, I have it at 58, so I'm right, I'm right yeah, there. Yeah, I have yeah. it
2: at 57, so I think we're all kind of-
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's Just for me, it's like, this represents everything that was so bad about Disney during that time period. It's yeah. like, it makes me more mad than anything like Pocahontas, The Aristocats, Sword in the Stone, Saludos Amigos. I at least find things about those movies I like. I can't think of a thing that I like about Chicken Little and I know I just said about the mayor Turkey and such, but still
0: <laughs> the and only just, thing that I like, I do like the bare naked lady song. Oh yeah.
1: The that's one pretty good. Little yeah. <laughs> and so
0: that, I, I think the design of chicken little is cute, but yeah, no, I, I agree, but that's about it. That's all I got. That's all and, I got. Well, and, <laughs> the it's story such an, is and it's
1: such an ugly movie. It yeah. does not look good. Like, Oh my gosh. It it, it, it looks unfinished and re- like you know right. those animation passes where it's like everything's unrendered so they're just like okay this is how it's going to look okay now we render in the visual effects and what have you yeah. this is what it looks like I yeah. can't imagine what this looked like on the big screen back then I, just It just like didn't I, look, I, it you know.
2: didn't look good I can I can attest
1: <laughs> I mean I know like CGI was still kind of growing at that time but this was 2005
0: this yeah, was, when was about you like you saw a it year. in the theater Stanford where you just Horrified.
2: Well, I was pretty horrified. (laughs) I mean, but but also, I guess I wasn't expecting much because I—I mean, I there was so much going on. I mean, clearly, the movies leading up to it, as we just discussed, you know, Brother Bear and Home on the Range,
0: yeah,
2: and then uh, the war that was going on between Pixar and Disney, you know,
1: yeah. Even though, even though.
2: Disney was distributing the Pixar films I think there was a lot of unhappiness with Michael Eisner and Steve Jobs um anyway
1: yeah no this was during the time when Pixar was about to separate from Disney and then Disney's just like doing what they are now mostly known for buying everything yeah (laughs) yeah because back then this the only thing that was making money were Pixar films distributed by Disney and maybe the pirates of the caribbean films also were around that same time so it's just like well fine we don't need you pixar we're gonna make chicken little
2: yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. so it was it was was, right it was rough and i think as one of those two you know how you have one of those experiences where
1: you really want to like it right but you just can't <laughs> no i, <laughs> I try so hard so many times to watch this movie and be like oh maybe i'll like it and no
2: oh. oh no it just the fact it gets worse you know
1: and I'm, I'm just like i could be watching turning red right now and i think i'll do that bye <laughs> yeah <laughs>
0: well cameron thank you so much for yeah, coming and talking with thank us you this, was, oh, a this blast. was
1: fun thank was, you for having me this was just a great time
0: it was really really fun well why don't you tell our audience how they can follow you in your content uh you can follow me on twitter at cams eye view uh, my website again is
1: cams and that's where i do my written reviews and such and i co-host the renegade animation podcast on renegade and, and that's where you can find me
0: and uh stanford where can people find you
2: on twitter i'm at stanford clark i have a movie podcast and blog which you can find at movies past and present.com and follow me on instagram i'm at movies p-a-p as in past and present great
0: and you can find uh, us the podcast at disney talking on twitter and you can find me at rachel's reviews all of our social media itunes youtube and on Rotten Tomatoes. so check that out and also Make sure that you are following the Homeworkies podcast. There's a lot of fun stuff over there. And uh, and if you are listening on iTunes, please leave your ratings and reviews. That helps us so much. And on Cameron's podcast as well. And uh, if you are listening on YouTube, please give the video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. And we so appreciate your comments on these videos. We always get some really good ones. So thank you so much for that. We also have the patron group, which is so much fun, and the merch store. And you can get hashtag animation junkie shirts at the merch store so you don't want to miss out on that and uh thanks so much cameron again and uh yeah we'll talk to y'all later bye everyone
2: bye.